everyone. I'm Jason Moore from MakingStarWars.net, and uh, today we're going to be talking about Star Wars. Can you believe it? Rob, can you believe it? <gasps> My least favorite thing. What? <laughs> According to the comments. But I know. I, I guys, I got to be honest with you guys. I asked Rob to go. I said, please don't show up. Please don't come. But I gave him mod keys and I can't stop him. I, I try, you guys. I do my best. <laughs> I don't want him here, but I can't stop him. No. Um, you know, I like to slip in through the back, right, Jason? You know. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> hey. What? <laughs> I, I, I asked I, I asked Bespin. I said, hey, you want to come hang out with us today? And he's like, nah, man. Um. I'm riding dirty or something like that. And I was like, good luck, dude. So no Bespin today with us. But um <laughs> meanwhile, in the middle of a field near near Urgenschneier, right? <laughs> <laughs> Urgenschlot. <laughs> yeah, he's got like a grassy hat, you know, he's hiding from yeah. the, 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 the the security get the security bro, right? The security yeah. bra, right? <laughs> um like so we'll, we'll we'll start with the, but before we get to like the the Andor stuff. Last night, uh, I was like, I just kind of had a sense that it like once again, yesterday when we were talking about Obeid, uh Chinoy, um, and the new Star Wars movie, you know, I had that that overriding sense that something was missing from the narrative, from from what actually happened, and uh, obviously I didn't go find it. Um, but I started to think about the other mystery about why, why did they pick this director? You know, why would Kathleen Kennedy decide, um, this is the person who's going to take the next round of star Wars, you know, films or the next film. And, um, I was like, this is kind of a mystery. I, I had, I was familiar with, with Ms. Marvel, but I'm like, you know what? That's not really, I knew that wasn't it. That wasn't right. why. And so I, I decided to just find which documentaries I could find. And uh, I posted one in the, uh, this was the one from HBO films. It's all over YouTube and it's called a girl in the river, uh, the price of forgiveness. So this one right here is maybe the most accessible in the sense that it's around 40 minutes long. And, um, but in it, a couple of things is like, uh, you know, people think that making a documentary is just setting it up and filming what happened and then going home and then putting the footage together. And her documentaries actually aren't made that way. Her documentaries, like in this one, it's a girl, a woman, I should say, who was attacked by her father and her uncle, primarily by her uncle, in an honor, in an attempted honor killing, and she survives. And but in in this documentary, you have competing narratives. You have competing psychologies. You also have it shot beautifully all at the same time. And it's like, so when you get down to it, she's entering into an environment and being like, how can we shoot this and make it look compelling and make it look beautiful, right? Well, she does it and she does it with what she has in the environment. So there's something to be said about her just getting into a place and, and making it work, I think. At the same right. time, with somebody with that eye, I think was to go in with it with the environment designed and tailored to getting these ideas and these types of shots that she likes to get um it should work out really really well i would think and another thing that she does in in for instance in this documentary in uh, a girl in the river is the girl tells her story but then what she does is she goes back and she travels the spaces that the story took place in 
showing you shots of what and where it happened how she sees a motorcycle off in the distance and she captures a motorcycle or maybe they planned it maybe she captured it whatever it's there and it's coming but it's shot really well and so you see this so you have this person telling their story so it's not just setting up the camera and being like tell me your story interview with the vampire style you know it actually is actually is more like interview with the vampire and she tells you the story and then they show you what is going on so 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 anyways it's much more complex than your standard PBS documentarian. You know, no, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I don't mean to crap on PBS, but I'm saying like, like she's a rock star in the field. So, um, so yeah, I could see why if you were, you know, like, you know, when you get those shots in Andor, like when they get to like Jetta and stuff. And, yeah, uh, and well, I'm not just Jetta, saying that because of you mean the pack- Rogue One. In Rogue One, sorry, yeah, in Rogue One, when they get to like Jeddah and there's like handheld stuff kind of like going on and like they're going down like the quarters and stuff like that, a lot of it. Yeah. So I kind of been getting 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 the impression as I was seeing this that this next film may have that sort of like movement in it. Not necessarily that it'll be Jeddah or anything like that. And because she worked with Pakistanis people for the most part in the documentaries I saw last night, doesn't mean that's going to be like a Middle Eastern Star Wars. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like that kind of like setting up and then going with it and then also having really good exposition shots that sit in between that kind of kinetic energy. I, I could I, I definitely um, get a better sense of where I think this is going after watching the uh those docs now it's not to say when you watch them they're just like a a thrill ride of imagination or something like that and every shot is beautiful it's still very much a documentary but you do see those moments where this person knows how to shoot something so and um the uh first one um or the yeah the uh for the the first one i watched was the prize of forgiveness like i said 40 minutes you'll get a pretty good sense and obviously like um in terms of the storytelling that's like the other thing is in it you get a woman who married a man who without her family's permission the family takes her puts a gun to her head to shoot her in the brain she moves her face as the bullet goes through and it literally like hits her in the side of the face and like blows off and i don't mean this in a funny way like it's like snoke almost how her face is destroyed and um they put her in like a body bag, like a duffel bag kind of thing, and they throw her in the in the in the in the water, thinking that she's going to die. And then she, sorry, she she survives. She gets out, and then uh, her her husband, you know, still loves her and stuff like that. It wasn't like superficial. He really seems to love her. And but you get this like narrative of uh, now her father is put into prison. But you see how this whole community comes and says, you need to forgive your father to get him out of prison. You can't put your dad in prison. It's bad for the community. And then, but then you get to the father's side of the story where how like he's considered like a bad person because his daughter did this thing. And uh, for the record, you have, you don't really get a lot. You don't, you don't feel a lot of empathy for him as he's telling the story, but you understand the social pressure that he's under and exactly how the system is making this man do this horrible thing to his daughter and all spoilers for the documentary. I know most of you probably won't watch it. Um, by the end of the documentary, she does, she is forced to forgive him by, by the family and the neighborhood. 
And so she does because she's like, well, what am I going to do? She's like, I, she's like, in my heart, I don't really forgive them, but they're making me. So I do. And so she does. So she doesn't get justice. And then at the end, th the father is getting marriage proposals for his other, other daughters because now he is a man of true integrity. And you're just like, fuck, like it's fucked up. But it, it goes through and it handles like the narrative of the daughter and her situation, the father and why he does what he does. It handles these things like it feels, I'm sure it was not effortless. This was a complicated narrative, but it seems effortless. It feels effortless in the way that it's handled here. So there's a sort of, and she's retelling a story that's not made, that, that she didn't write. Obviously, this is like something that happened, but I got confidence in her. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and uh, I, I am, I am more in her corner than I was before. But was before I was a little bit like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's a weird choice. I guess Kathy knows what she's doing. That's kind of where I was at. And now I, I feel like, yeah, Kathy does know what she's doing. And when I think of um, her being teamed up with uh, Damon Lind Lindelof, I do think that's a slightly weird pairing on paper at first. But I could kind of see where, where they were going with it. And then when I think about the Stephen Knight side of it, I think like Knight feels more in tone with her, with the kind of stuff that she does overall. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, like I said, I am in more intrigued now. And um, um, Robert, St. Clair, Robert St. Clair last night started sending me some stuff. He sent me on this path. So, Robert, thank you for the for the help. And he sent me this quote. Uh, Obey Chinoy, quote, took the audience behind the scenes of her latest documentary, Freedom Fighters, that follows an inspiring story of three Pakistani women who take a stand against violence at the hand of their male counterparts. So once again, we have somebody who is interested in telling stories, essentially of rebellion. Another one that she did was uh that i watched that was a short one it's about 10 minutes i meant to have the link but i misplaced the link but you could find it uh and i'll find it later if you have a hard time just tell me and i'll find it for you um it was about women in pakistani in pakistan who aren't allowed to go to school and one woman who wants to go to school and becomes basically becomes a school teacher and starts trying to figure out like how she's going to teach people but once again look beyond the uh, superficial here in terms of, uh, I mean, it's an important story. I don't mean to say it's not, but look beyond the, Oh, it's about school teachers. No, it's not about, it's about rebellion. It's about resistance. That's what the stories are about. And it's about defiance against a system that's telling you, you are to be this one thing and you are only this one thing and you're to do these roles. And that that's what there's, there's a, there's some common themes in here that I think are really, really compatible with the, with the general Star Wars narrative. In fact, I would have expected her to maybe be directing on Andor. You know what I mean? Like before, before a movie, just looking at what, what was out here. But anyways, this is what it is. She got her bachelor's degree. She got two master's degree. From, she went to Smith and Stanford. Um, I think, uh, what's his name? Joseph Campbell started at Smith, I think. Or taught at Smith. The only woman director to have been awarded two Academy Awards by the age of 37. So 2001, she has made two dozen multi-award films over 16 countries. This is kind of the Indiana Jones of uh, documentary filmmakers. Uh, student athlete, Girl in the River, that's what I'm talking about. 
Song of, of Lahore, um, Saving Face. Saving Face is the other one I saw. That's about about. You I mean you probably heard about Saving Face? Do you remember when there was that that the documentary about the women who had acid thrown on their face, battery acid in Pakistan? Oh uh, yeah. yeah, that was her. When I saw, I was like, oh, I yeah. know this. I've seen this. I just didn't know it was her. Um, right. Peacekeepers and transgenders, Pakistani's open secret, and um, she does. Uh, yeah, fine artist to co-chair the World Economic Forum annual meeting, recipient honors and awards, including named the annual list of the 100 most influential people in the world by Time Magazine in 2012. So when we go and we kind of just go like, Haha, what the fuck are they doing? You know, I don't think that's the right way to look at this. I think they're, I, I'm going to say they're underestimating her. So anyways, uh, I suggest if you want to do your Star Wars homework, Go and watch some of those some of those documentaries. I I really enjoyed them. I enjoy documentaries, and uh, they are they're fucking great. They're really 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 well made. And um, you know, if I had one complaint, and it's not a complaint, it's just that it like you know I like to watch documentaries later at night, and uh, everything is subtitles because it's not not in English, which is fine. But um, so don't watch them before bed too late, or you won't have a good time. <laughs> but uh or and they are huge bummers but they're important and so anyways yeah i uh, i'm i'm curious to see what her and Stephen knight do i think it's i think that's actually a more compelling alchemy now of 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 characters at play in, and i mean characters i mean like participants in this production so sounds good to me but uh yeah, but the, that, but I mean, the acid stuff. God, that was fucking hard to watch. I can't lie. You know, that was brutal. Yeah, my um, my senior year in high school, uh, I was in film class, and we were getting ready to, uh, we were getting ready to watch Psycho. You're right. right. I was up next, and I come in that morning, and uh, one of our classmates, I'd gone through school with her for four years. Her, uh, she was Saudi. She was Saudi Arabian. Her father yeah. had murdered her mother that night in an honor killing for whatever yeah. reason. That's the first time I'd heard of this. This is 1995, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and my teacher at the time was like, we're going to watch Psycho because, you know, because of, you know, he gave a lot of really good explanations. You know, we're not going to let cultural events, blah, 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 blah. But I, but, but I just remember going like, what the fuck's an honor killing? You know, like, yeah. what is this? And then i was like oh this is uh, religion man so fucking horrific you know like yeah so well that the stuff still goes on you know yeah it was there, there's like some pretty pretty powerful moments in it when uh she she's told to get into the car with with her family you'll be okay i swear on the quran and she's like oh well they swore on the quran so therefore uh it's good it's okay it's not okay and then, and then, she, but she does this really good thing where she puts that at the start of, of the narrative, and at the end of it, when she's going to court to forgive her father, which they don't let them film, um, but when she's going to court to forgive her father, like her mother in law is like, look, you gotta believe, you gotta, you gotta like have faith in the Quran, and uh, they they do, we all do. The Quran's gonna take care of you, and it's like, whoo, did a pretty good thing by showing exact, you know what I mean? The the right. the the, the choice of words. Yeah, but the choice of words and the juxtaposition, it's right there. You can't miss it. Like, you'd have to be a dummy to miss it. And uh, so, anyways, it was it was really, really well done. And sometimes I watch documentaries, and I, I think back, and I'm like, why the fuck was that in it? 
because you filmed it did you need to make did you need to make this 49 minutes long like like why do you have that footage in there to just it wasn't that wasn't funny like what was the point of that there's none of that there's no fat there's absolutely no this is the part of lucas that i'm pretty been pretty consistent about this since day one and Mm -hmm. especially when andor came around and and i'm going to reiterate again lucas's approach coming out of you usc right was it UC? I can't even remember the UCLA, USC. whatever the fucking college. Yeah, yeah USC mm-hmm. was a documentary approach, but with fiction. Yeah, you know, so that's he THX 1138. His college film is shot that way. The theatrical film is shot that way. American Graffiti was shot that way. He had planned to shoot Apocalypse Now that way. And matter of fact, you can see this yeah. when they eventually did Amer- more American Graffiti he shot all the vietnam sequences that way <laughs> it's totally mm-hmm. different than the rest of the film right right and he shot the first star wars as much as he could that way did you know and uh so they filmed a lot of a lot of apocalypse now with harvey Keitel and fired him i heard that i'm not i'm he's in one shot honest, man, it's, he's in one shot yeah I, he's still he's still like I, one I watched, shot on the boat but it, it's he, he gives a good interview about it but if you like the film it's worth watching harvey Keitel. he's like he's like it's it was painful, but it was the right choice. It wasn't my path kind of thing, but it's it's an interesting interview. I'm more interested in the making of Apocalypse now than I am in the movie. I've seen then, it. You know, I'll, I'll find it to you. I'll, I'll send you that Harvey Keitel thing. It's pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's like Blade Runner. I, I the movie's fine, but the making of Blade Runner is way better than the film for yeah. me. Um, and what I love about Andor is I think it keeps that tradition. It's less like this is the thing where Return of the Jedi to me is more like a movie. It's mm-hmm. like. It kind of like it's post Spielberg, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Like it feels more '80s movie, yeah, than that documentary thing. And so, so this, if if they're, and I know I was cynical about it yesterday, and I'm still going to be cynical about it till I see otherwise. I hope that that will be the tone of whatever they shoot now, whether it's fun or serious, but that it feels like a place you go to, unless like a big Marvel movie set. I got Marvel movie set. I got cinematic movie. There's something about yeah. Star Wars that when done right, feels like it really is a place you could walk into. As crazy and as stupid as that puppet is over there, it does feel right. like you could go there. And I less like, and for the lack of a better word, I'm not going to piss on the volume like everyone else does, but we know when the volume makes you feel like you're on a play set, you know, or... Mm-hmm. You know, or how we would say during Attack of the Clones, when you could tell it's a hundred percent blue screen environment, no one's really there. That's the disconnect I have with Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Is I'm like, you, no one's there. They're not there. It's not documentary. Like at least there are parts of the Phantom Menace. I'm like, well, they were physically. There. It's not that they're shooting outside. Just there's just a, there's a viewpoint. So this, yeah. uh, I hope that this this translates because I didn't see any of that shit in, in so, Marvel, but. That's yeah, ran so, by a, by a showrunner and not the director of an episode. Right, so. and 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 just this, I, I I didn't do any research on this. This is my assumption based, but I, off of just the the work of hers that I've seen. When you see women who are just having to like fight to like go to school, you could see how she could not pass up directing on Ms. Marvel. Like right, it, 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 here's the thing about Ms. So, Marvel though. Like I, I think yeah. Ms. Marvel's great, but it's three seasons worth of story shoved into ten yeah. episodes. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. That's no, the problem. Exactly. Like here's this stuff that would just play. Re- I'm telling you right now, but, but I could take I'm, that first season and break it into three, and it would be brilliant. Like 
it's just they shove so much in there you know like 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 i would i would see it as like maybe a celebration of that maybe that concept but i don't when i see what what i have seen of it i don't think that is her voice as a filmmaker as a documentarian and as a creative so i think that like in a weird way that act is actually of her doing it is more political than it is artistic which is not what you would expect but i would think that it when she goes and she does her star wars film i don't see how she would based off of the things i've seen from her work that she would go and she would film attack of the clones in the volume i she's somebody who will go in like film a fucking reflection of somebody doing their daily work in a puddle on the ground and be like and then use that to like get into the to the person's point of view and plight so i i see her as being almost environmental in the sense of like how she would decide to shoot she would need i think she would need tangibility to do what she does that would be my sense that 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 is my sense off of off of what i've seen what i've seen from her so I expect what it to I fear be, though to be a more location is that shooting. that's mm-hmm. that's what she shoots. But then we get that first trailer and it's overly color graded. You know what I mean? Lens flare, big glare, everything looks golden and bloomy, and you're like, mm-hmm. is that? I don't know. Like I said, I, it's just a fear, guys. I'm not going yeah. in here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't wake up it, in the morning and go, man, mm-hmm. they're gonna fuck up Star Wars again today. You know, go, go on the show, I, let everyone know. Like, just Bob, <laughs> submit a little. Like, bit, did you, know. you expect? I, okay, let's be honest. When we saw. Given, I mean, I've seen every man's gold film in fucking theaters from 310 to Yuma through Ford v. Ferrari, right? Okay. Does Indiana Jones and the Dial of Death, this is the stupidest name I've ever yeah. heard, is even dumber than King of the Crystal Skull. So is the new Indiana Jones film, does that look like a James Mangold movie based on that trailer so far? It doesn't uh, I, feel I, I like it. I couldn't tell you. I haven't, I haven't watched it. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it's gone through a Disney filter. You know, mm. there's a weird set of filters that I... I don't know, well, man. It's yeah, weird. I mean, it's ILM to some extent, probably when it's when it's super heavy yeah. with with the visual effects. But I'm yeah, being and, facetious when I say Disney filter. But you know, yeah, yeah I, mean. I know, like, just I know. bloom shafts of light everywhere, glows. Yeah, and you're like all right, you know, like, like yeah, no, um, I, I I don't know what to what to expect from like I don't know who we don't do we know who the director of photography is and stuff like that. I don't know if we do. If on we do, film? I forgot on no on yeah. If they've no, hired one, I, I, yeah. I do, so there, there's, there's a lot of just a ton of factors here, and and there's there are I ways mean, to do fantastic, mm-hmm. you know, artistic lighting. Rogue One has Greg Fraser, who does a lot of artistic lighting. Yeah, but I still feel like he's smart enough to like in the Batman put put that texture in there, right? Mm-hmm. Put the actual anamorphic lenses on the digital cameras get the noise get the feel like make you feel like your your boots on the ground in star yeah. wars even if it is a big you know matte painting that's that's yeah. my only hope man just visually and I, and I was thinking about this so yesterday i'm gonna let you we're gonna continue but i just yeah. this ties into this so i was messing around with chat gpt because i wanted to prove how dumb it was so i just started with a question right right when was the last time a star wars movie won best visual effects at the oscars and it told you i'm not google bitch google it yourself <laughs> it said no it said it said uh the force awakens i'm like that is not true so yeah. i then googled it the last time it won a star wars film was one best visual effects was in 1984. now no offense or 83 for return of the jedi 
Well, the Oscars were in 84. The Jedi came out in 83. It was right? for Jedi, so, though, I mean? Yeah, for Jedi, okay. for Return of the Jedi. That's the last time a Star Wars movie won Best Visual Effects. I think that's bullshit. But Star Wars should be winning Best Visual Effects when it goes up for the Oscars. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, that's when how it, when I it, feel. When know? it came like, to the prequel time, George Lucas was like, I'm not going to pay you to give me the award. Fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that, but, that the, was... you know, like, that there were... It, Again, Rogue One should have could have beat out those Marvel movies mm-hmm. and shit. So that's yeah. all I'm saying. They got to put something in that goes. Remember that fucking thing that was amazing. So we sure. could all, you know, the way that Top Gun does it, right? Like just some something where you go that Tom Cruise hold his breath for nine fucking minutes. You know, grew gills like like something in Star Wars. Robert whatever. says I can't remember if this has been covered before, but Ms. Marvel showrunner has said they put a ton of stuff into the show. Because they had no clue if they get another season with the characters. Total so. total failure of leadership. Because mm-hmm. when I think of Ms. Marvel and what they put in, they're putting a mutant parable into that story. And it actually ends with the mutant task force, right? Or the precursor to the mutant task force. And so yeah. to start with a series that says, hey, here's these uh, th- this, this religious culture we've had a phobia about for 20 fucking years. And, we, and, and it's okay for the government to run in there and ranshackle their homes and abuse their first amendment rights and their third amendment fourth amendment fifth amendment whatever amendment rights you want you can do whatever the fuck you want to them because they're scary fucking whatever meanwhile daredevil this is what they should daredevil's over here hanging out the catholic church where they also dress their women up in fucking nun garb and we're cool with that but but to use that as a parallel for the mutant plight right which we're just eventually in this universe going to turn toward mutants it's going to be totally okay to fucking like abuse and, and and kidnap and abduct mutants left and right out of out of a phobia right it's just that it's all like handled in like one episode you're like yeah we did it like in a very favorable kind of way see we covered that that one episode it was there right you saw it you saw it you saw it you're like this is so weird dude like feige and them should be like oh we're gonna commit to three seasons you know what i mean one every fucking year or every 18 months or some shit like that you know and bide some time and then by the time it comes out we'll have x-men ready to go kind of thing like a way to to lead into it yeah but instead man you're just like it's just tough because we live in a x we live in the golden age of long-form storytelling you don't see attack of titan doing the whole story in one season right like yeah could you imagine shoving all that yeah like it'd be Uh, ridiculous (laughs) shaky says it's it's um it's wrong to swear on the Quran. It's wrong. I think it's wrong to swear on the Quran. And I don't think there's such a thing as honor killings in, in Islam. And there's actually only one moment you hear uh Charmin obeyed Chinoy in the whole thing. And that's when the guy the guy said when that comes up. She goes, But you swore. And he says, and his response is some bullshit response like, um, well, tell me where in the Quran it says that that a girl can go do what she did, which is get married without his permission. So it's like the old, it's it's the old what about ism fucking bullshit, you know, right. you know. Well, my brother hit me, kind of thing. It's like no fucking grow up, dude. Yeah, I wanted to beat the shit out of the guy like the whole time, but yeah, th- she does actually like you could tell that's where she loses it. And then um, okay, wait, we did that one. There was one other comment I wanted to hit. Uh, it was about Thrawn. Okay, yeah, Et the Frog says, uh, <laughs> love the show. I. <laughs> I hope to see a Thrawn cameo tonight. I'm not saying you will, I'm not saying you won't. But if you read my current article that I uh, wrote uh, up <laughs> this week about what's up about the plan to save Thrawn in the Ahsoka series, I think it's highly unlikely. 
I, I can't say for certain. I don't know. I haven't seen it. But I suggest reading the article if you follow spoilers and you uh, want to know what the odds are of that, you know, what the odds are that you'll see something of that. Um, I don't know what the chances are. It's not high. And then, um, oh, no. Fucking hell. Kirby Enthusiasm producer John Heyman hits on social media that the show will end after the 12th season. That's bullshit. Uh, yeah, but that happened the other day when, uh, um, what's his face? Uh, you know, ah, fucking his buddy, um, Jeff dude from the, no, Jeff. the, 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 the standup comedian, the dude, the, the, you know, the, 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 the dude that's in front oh, of the, shit. The, the one, the one who was on the show with Halloween. I always get him confused with Meltzer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Yeah, but now that we've gone down this route, I will never be able to recall his name. Yeah, Richard, I think, whatever. I can never remember. Richard Mall. No, not Richard Mall, dude. Darth Mall. <laughs> it's Colonel it's Colonel Mustard. Like, watch your okay. mouth. <laughs> but anyways, what what, can't did, take what, any what did, more surprises? What what did he die? Well, or he something? had posed oh. no, no, no. No, he <laughs> um he had posted a final something from the set and thanking Larry for twelve seasons uh. or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's probably like Richard fucking, Lewis. Richard, Richard Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, Richard Lewis. Richard, Lewis. Richard Jerry Lewis, I believe, was his full name. And um, I, yeah, <laughs> uh, remember the was it the third or fourth season when Larry doesn't get along with Richard's girlfriend, mm -hmm. <laughs> and she like, picks a fight with her. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It's, I'm like, yeah, single Rob would do that for certain. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, whatever. My, my my problem is I'm usually pretty nice until they break up and then they're still around and I'm like, why the fuck are you still here? That's kind of how it goes for me. But uh yeah, and I will probably watch watch the whole the whole entirety of that series one of these days. Yeah, Funkhauser was the best. You're right, Robert. Uh, I love Super Dave. He was the best. But uh, okay, so let's let's go over to, to bestspinbulletin.com for all your best spin news. So right here we got Cassian Andor and Mon Mothma finally meet. Video shows a scene of the two being filmed for the second season of the Star Wars series. So right here we got a little bit of them holding hands, a little bit of them running together. I don't think it's like romantically holding hands, but you know, if you're a, a 12 year old on Tumblr inside your heart and you want to ship that and pretend that's like a thing, <laughs> by all means, I will not stand in your way, you weirdo. So it's not it, about space shipping, Jason. Not about space shipping. <laughs> George Lucas said that. I, write it I down. typed that in today on Santa's show and no one picked up on it. Oh, I didn't I'm see like, it. Right. I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, yeah. So proud of myself. Okay, I so, didn't want to give Santa five bucks. To, right. <laughs> no. Um, no, no. He, 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 he vomited at my name the other day, so I'm withholding his, his super yeah. chats until he... He eats that vomit back up. <laughs> <laughs> so over the past week, we've had a bevy of images and videos taken from the City of Arts and Science located in Valencia, Spain, where the second and final season of the critically acclaimed Star Wars series Andor has been filming. We've seen various scenes play out, including a meeting between Luthen Real and Mon Mothma and stormtroopers descending on a building in which our heroes are reciting. However, one character we've yet to see in Valencia is that of the titular character played by diego luna that is until now wow 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 he didn't say that he just wrote now in footage captured by oscar budding 
Um, we see Diego Luna's Cassian Andor alongside Genevieve Barbelli's Mod Mod. Hey, you don't need to put the, 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 their names every time, buddy. Okay. All right, Bestman. Once is enough. Okay. We got the key. Got the skeleton key, the skeleton key to this article. Okay. You got it. Thank you. Cassian Andor alongside Genevieve Barbelli's Mod Mothma. The two have yet to share the scene on Andor, and the scene could showcase their first time they meet. Cassian seems to be desperately pleading with Mon- with Mothma as they pace frantically, possibly keeping an eye out for Imperials. Cassian puts his arm in front of the senator as they see something ahead of them and stop in their tracks. Cassian takes Mon Mothma by the hands and intensely converses with the senator, perhaps trying to convince her to follow his lead and to see through whatever plan they have currently going on. The senator seems to reluctantly agree as she and Cassian begin to sprint forward, holding hands before cut is yelled and the scene comes to an end. All right, so I'm going to try to play it on here. Can, can you see it, Rob? Making sure. Yes. Okay, so we're going to we're going to watch the footage. All right, we are watching the footage full screen. So right here you can see them. She's wearing her her outfit almost reminds me a little bit of a Revenge of the Sith kind of stuff, but I can't be sure, bit. but and then it looks like Andor's wearing a dark jacket. They're walking really fast. They're like clearly trying to avoid somebody. Maybe, you know, this isn't the place they're supposed to meet, but there are stormtroopers around. So they are clearly like they see something and then they decide to like, he pleads with her. Come on, we got to do this thing. She's like, no way, man, I'm married. And then they run. He holds her hands and then they like make a run for it. So yeah, it does. It does seem like it does seem like they're having a little bit of an adventure and that it, the bad guys are afoot. Previously, we mentioned that Robert M's Lonnie Jung. He's Luther like, I've bagged better mills than you. You know, come on, let's go. I'm, look I'm look at this guy. I, go. I'm gonna uh, today. I'm busting his balls today. He has said Mon Mothma, Geneva Riley like four times now. Uh, and possibly yeah. Clea are filming scenes in Valencia at the City of Arts and Science. All these characters are associated with Luthen, who's running various operations for the Grom Rebellion with help and funding from Mon Mothma. As previously mentioned, Skarsgård and O'Reilly were spotted filming a scene together at the same location. So you'd assume those events are all tied together. We know from photos and videos that this location has Imperial presence, which has led some to speculate the location being Coruscant, while others believe it could be Mothma's homeworld of Chandrilla. Perhaps the scene showcases Mothma attempting to escape the Empire's grasp with Cassian's help. I can't help but wonder if the scene follows Mothma denouncing the Empire and resigning from the Senate, which is spurred in canon when the Empire massacred peaceful protesters on the planet Gorman. Shortly after this event, Mothma meets with the Ghost crew, as seen in the animated series, Star Wars Rebels, so perhaps the scene takes place briefly before that on-screen event. The second and final season of Andor is set to be released during the latter half of next year, and the series will also have a presence at this year's Star Wars celebration, which kicks off on April 7th. And you can give him a coffee and follow oh, his shit, Bob podcast. Yep, it is next week. Next so you're the... flying out? No. Flying crazy? out. Yeah. Crazy? Throwing a big party. Shit, he lives there and I don't even think he's going. <laughs> what if you did? Yeah. What if you did, but you missed celebration because you and Bestman were out in a field like hiding for like trying to get like drone pics or something? That would be worth it. That would be us. <laughs> That'd be us doing what we love. You know? And one of you got bit by a werewolf. Right? You know where I'm going with this, right? Like, <laughs> uh, I was thinking maybe right? like I was thinking maybe like a snake, and I'm like I'll suck the poison out, 
and then we fall in love. Oh. And we start a little fucking like it, that's an episode. Of, that's an episode of Friends. So, no, <laughs> yeah, she got she got stung, and they had to pee on her foot or something. I'll be there for you. Um, pictures and videos of Star Wars and or season two filming. Wait, is this the same article I just read? No, it's different. Okay, so. The second and final season of the critically acclaimed Star Wars live action series, this is all from bestmanbolton.com, by the way, um, Andor has been filming since the tail end of November and is expected to conclude in August. The shot was primarily taken behind the walls of Pinewood Studios, London, and at various locations across the United Kingdom. However, the most interesting location, the production, has ventured into Valencia, Spain. And right here we see, like, look at these look at two knuckleheads. Look at that, dude. I, I like to... I like the Prince Valiant haircut. Right? Like that. I like the guy on the left is like I'm from space. The guy on the right's like I'm Michelangelo. They named a Ninja Turtle after me. No, the guy on the so. left's like I'm a D15, and the other guy's like, I'm a D20. You know, like look at them hats. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Levante image via Levante. Okay, the production like rocked up at the City of Arts and Science. Located in Valencia earlier this month, and from what I've been hearing, the production will be in the Spanish city for around two months. There's little there's little details on the scenes being shot in Valencia, but we've had a plethora of pictures and videos within the last <laughs> week. I don't think he's even seen Three Amigos, um, as well as discovering some <laughs> cast members that have made the trip. So right here, you can see they got the little green screen reflector I like thing. Look at the imperial, little imperial thing. Oh, right here, yeah. Like, oh, join the empire. You can join us if you want to. But yeah, I, oh, like, we got a blue check mark. We pay eight bucks a month for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at that. I, I, I'm I'm doing that. an experiment right now. I am seeing if I I uh I I'm doing a month of it. I don't, I don't care what people say about me. I'm doing a month of it, and I'm gonna see if. I get more Twitter traffic going to the site in the following month. And if I do, then I'm like, oh, it is worth my $8 a month. But if I don't, then I'm like, it's not. And then I'll know. So I'm doing the experiment for you if you got, if you care. So uh, anyways, uh, wrong article. Wrong article. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to see. You know I mean? I'm like, hey, let's just see because they're going to start making it where nobody wants to your shit. Um, we know that Robert M's, the actor who played Lonnie Young and informant of Stellan Skarsgård's Luthen Riel, who works for the Empire – has been in the city since the start of the month, thanks to the Instagram post made by the actor. He's like, do, do you like my cheekbones? <laughs> Hold on. I remember this story when Eric, the actor, thought he got bit by, he thought werewolves were real. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm yeah. telling you, when he passed away, I had to just turn the show off. It it was still good. I'm not going to be one of those guys. The show got worse. It's just, yeah, but Eric it was, was a, yeah. Yeah, Could you was, imagine? I, I stand by how great it would have been if Eric had gone to January sixth. Like, <laughs> like, like, oh man, dude, our little, our little seditious traitor. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I would have, I would have tried to convince him to, 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 to fight Willow. All right. Anyways, uh, we know Robert Ames is there uh, as he was spotted filming scenes with Genevieve O'Reilly's Mon Mothma. There he goes again. He can't stop himself. He can't stop himself. He loves to say Genevieve O'Reilly, Mon Mothma. Though we currently I want to say that werewolf stuff was 2012, by the way. I'm going off memory, but okay, you get back to me on that. I want to say it was around 2012. Werewolf by Sorry. online. Though we currently don't know if he has been cast in the series, actor Benjamin Bratt has been spotted with members of the Andor crew along with a director of season two, 
Janice Metz. It's also worth mentioning that Kalia actress Elizabeth Dulao posted images of herself on a beach. Nice. Oh, but it's nice. unclear if she's... Though, huh, Bassman? Yeah, I know. What the fuck, yeah. dude? You're dropping huh. the ball. Uh, <laughs> no, she... no. You know who jobbed it? Valente. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Valente. Yeah, yeah. They fucking... They, they, they don't yeah. let us down. God. Though it would make sense... But there's given... Bespin right there. Oh, I see him I right He's here. on the board. Right there. Yeah, right there. So, so right here he's got this little picture of Mon Mothma. It's like, look, Mon Mothma booty shots. Is that what you call it? <laughs> that that's from this is from, this image is on bestandbulletin.com via Mon Mothma booty shots.net. Honestly, yeah. I I see why Perrin sticks around. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I oh no, it. no, no. Yeah, I, I no, yeah, it. yeah. I mean, I don't know why she sticks around with Perrin, but yeah, it makes sense. Um, we currently don't know what <laughs> universe. Like a horse. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Up. It's out. Break her down. She's like, I don't know what it is, but when he <laughs> when he puts that man bun in, it just makes my buns toasty. All right. Uh, we currently don't know what universe location the city of arts and science is being used for. The most obvious assumption has been Coruscant, given the futuristic design of the location, coupled with the presence of Mothma, Rael, and Young, Jung. Along with a heavy imperial presence, another option that I speculated last week is that of Chandrilla, the homeworld of Mod Mothma. You mean Genevieve O'Reilly? You're gonna put that there now. Uh, the location bears a resemblance to Chandrilla, as seen in various comics. But more importantly, Chandrilla may make an appearance in the eagerly anticipated second season, given that season one set up the that Mod Mothma's daughter Lyda was betrothed. Ah, oh, that son of a bitch! He wrote betrothed. To the son of Davos Golden. Staken? His name is Staken? Stakeums. Remember Stakeums? That's, that's what I was thinking when he said that. I was like, Stakeums. Yeah. We're the uh, same age, Jason. So, yeah. yeah. But but she has been known to be having a secret affair with Snossages. All right. Anyways, the marriage was arranged <laughs> by Amon Mothma and Davos Golden. After the later suggested in return for helping Mothma justify the dis- disappearance of 400,000 imperial credits and offered the senator a loan. It's likely that the wedding would take place on Tandrilla, given it's the homeworld of Mon Mothma, Perrin Farah, and D- D- Dave Scolden? He just wrote Dave, Dave Scolden, and he means Davos Golden, but I like Dave. Dave Scolden sounds cool. <laughs> Dave's not here, man. These are these are the Daves I know. I know these are the Daves I these know. Are the Daves I know. Um, with Lyda having uh, with having a keeping a keen interest in Chandrilan traditions. Yeah, she's a little weirdo. She's a little Mandalorian. That's like the weirdo. fanciest outdoor pool I've ever seen. Though. Right. I, I want so I want somebody to. Um, uh, what was it? Was it Caddyshack when they when they put the the fucking candy bar in the water? Oh, the Snickers bar and the yeah yeah. It's, yeah. it's uh the first Caddyshack yeah. The first Caddyshack, right? Yeah. So they they yeah. somebody should do that. I just want to like be watching Andor and just say like a fucking doogie yeah, like, going past my mouth. Props, props <laughs> to the location scouts for this place. Like they they figured it out, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a fucking good. It's a great location for Star Wars. Um, over the weekends, this this made me laugh. I saw this as it unfolded. I was like, "What?" Um, over the weekend, fans began speculating that Darth Vader would be present during the second season of Andor, and that Vader was at the City of Arts and Science. The speculation began when a Twitter user captured a video of a dark figure with what appeared to be a cape, filming a scene from a fair distance. 
it wasn't long before eagle-eyed fans realized that the figure in the video was none other than Stellan Skarsgård's Luthen. He loves those full names with Genevieve fucking O'Reilly. Fucking Mon fucking Mothma. Oh, uh, no, it's freaking. It's freaking. So, sorry. Uh, excuse my language. With Genevieve shit starting O'Reilly's Mon freaking Mothma. Though, admittedly, you've got to pay close attention to Genevieve O'Reilly's Mon Mothma in the. Okay, he just wrote Mothma in the video, but she's there nonetheless. So here we got a little. Right here, we see. Look at him. Luton, 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 walking around some fancy architecture. Okay, not the most exciting video. This is where people were like, "Is it Darth Vader?" But you, you know, it's not because it's just. Wow, really? We're doing that? Yeah, we're doing that. But like, it's it's more like, yeah, it's when when people take it out of context without the other clip, and you just see like like the large black cape. You go, oh, that almost looks like Darth Vader. But you can tell it's not because Darth Vader has like a big penis above the cape for a head. And uh, this is just a little fucking like, like nipple. <laughs> like a quail tail? Yeah. Like a, yeah. Like... So right here, like when he turns, like, wait, is, this, is it in this video? I think it's in a different video I saw. But yeah, it's it's not Darth Vader for sure. But that won't stop people from remembering it as Darth Vader in six months. So when I say, oh, Somebody said Darth Vader was in that scene. Be like, no, that's not true. So that that right there is Mon Mothma. See little little Mon, and that's Luthen. Little Mon, big Luthen. Little so. Mon. Hey Mon. One filming once filming has concluded at the excuse me city of art and science, the Andro production will move to another location in Valencia, Castel de Exactly. Good luck with that one. Good luck with that one, Jason. Shotiva, probably. Shotiva. You insensitive cis white male. Like, oh, I'm not. On, I'm not insensitive. Uh, just that shit is fucking impossible. Um, it probably is pronounced Shotiva. Like, Shotiva. Like, yeah, I think. I, I think like like shortle, You know, is what the X is in it. Like, so you know what Shotiva? I can't pronounce this day? Is it Shitzor or Shizor or Shitzor? It's, it's, okay, I'm gonna help you with this. <laughs> um, it's some Kathleen Kennedy woke ass shit. Okay, remember that it's Shizor. No, it's Shizor. Just it's it's uh, it's like girl she, Zor, Shizor. It's 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 easy once you know it. But yes, remember it's 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 uh, she, it's 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 her story, it's Star Wars uh, no, her story. No, it 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 it's Shitsor. Yeah, <laughs> Shitsor. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I I think Shitsor is going to be the uh, new Star Wars hotel in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one He-Man toy that 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 did it in, right? Like you went to, <laughs> Shitsor. Oh, funny thing, Jason. Since you were bringing yeah. up shit. <laughs> um, I went to the store yesterday. You're gonna you're, yeah. you're gonna like this. I went to the store. I should I I, I would have felt like a creep for taking a photo of this. Okay, so I didn't. But trust me. Hold on before you play this. Yeah, yeah. I went to the Albertsons to to go pick up some stuff for dinner. Right, and in the I park I park in the back because I hate the central parking. And there was back this door, little man. brown. There was this little. I, I'm a, I park in the back, and in the back yeah. of all fucking things, there was this little people. this little brown Fiat. Right, okay. little brown Fiat that yeah. has a big and, and on that on the dashboard a poop emoji Funko Pop, 
and 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 the license plate said little little turd or little spurs <laughs> like like their oh, car is a poo like, like they're they're they've leaned into a custom poo thing you know like, <laughs> right <laughs> i was like oh, i feel like a creep photographing people's cars but it, it was great like i've never seen anyone lean into the poo they drive up they drive a poo jason i'm gonna have to take a screenshot of, of this right here because yesterday i i got my own but I, I take the picture uh i don't care but you have no shame no you don't. I, don't, I don't give a fuck <laughs> It, you know, you're in public and, and you're, you're out there and it's it's happening. I'm taking the picture, man. I'm getting yeah. it. But hold on. Um, so so I didn't plan on sharing this. But but anyways, before before we get it uh, right here, you can see some stormtroopers marching. It's like a patrol of stormtroopers. Oh, they don't they don't seem like they're necessarily out to get anybody. They just seem like 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 they're like they're just. So remember how we saw Cassian and um, Mon Mothma. Sort of like you know, look, look like they were doing some some solid snake stuff and the other stuff. There's probably just these patrols of troopers around, and they're trying to do something and they're trying to avoid imperial entanglements, as they call it. But look at look at that's a really pretty shot though. You can tell that's going to look nice. Of the stormtroopers yeah, with that reflective water yeah. and stuff like that. I wish this were on the volume where they would just like walk on a treadmill. You know what I mean? Like oh, that they, would be cool. They, they just yeah, and they move the background like in the Flintstones cartoon, and it just repeats, right? It just repeats. I love that. That's my. I think they should do that. Um, That'd be better. So l last night, I, I took the kids to golf and stuff. You know, we were doing some Karate Kid. You know, <gasps> kind of shit, right? I've been there. And then on the, the on the way slides. home, I fucking this car pulls up next to me. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And I was like, That's I was like, I was like, kids. No, I was like, kids, get down. Patty Jenkins is coming to shoot us. Oh, yeah. Uh, Snyder invented that version, though. But damn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good that, Good to I, them. That was wow. I, I, I thought it was Patty coming after us after some of the shit I talked on the show. And I thought when I was a kid, the craziest thing I ever saw was my uncle did this radio contest because, you know, he did radio contests for a living. And there was this one where you had to put the – it was B B100 was the radio station at the time. And you had to put the logo on your car somewhere. And my uncle painted – he had this little, like, Honda Civic-looking car. And he painted this big B100 logo on the side of the, the door, right? And right. remember, like, 1986 or 7, this is a big deal. People weren't painting their cars with weird shit on there, you know? And yeah. my uncle had it in the bag. Everyone was like, oh, damn, you, that's, that's crazy. You do that to your car. And then right before they closed it off, someone pulled up their car and they were an engineer and they had done a microscopic b100 on their car door they had pulled up magnifying glass they zoomed in and they could see it microscopically like it's on there holy shit so, and so uh, he won it and he got it with the smallest b100 oh, really? like the small yeah because it's the tiny one because of the cleverness and my uncle was so he had to drive drive around with this falling off because he'd done shitty spray paint so it was just peeling off b100 for like two years <laughs> yeah <laughs> so my my um around the time of the phantom menace i i got my i got a i got a volkswagen a bug on 1974 a toyota bug. no a, a volkswagen <laughs> bug and right, um right, right. and it got it painted yellow i got it painted yellow because of the naboo starfighter and we we, we, we um, you nerd right and um my, my i'm like 18 is my first car really i'm like yeah and uh but it was pretty funny because we got what do you call it like the thing that goes on like a bra 
like what they call it on the car, you know. I don't know if that's really what they call it now, but they call it like a bra. Like the thing that goes over, and it was like leather. We fucking spray painted it silver and put it on the car. We were like we were laughing. We thought it was fucking ridiculous. And we fucking drive it. We go out. We go out somewhere. We come back, and somebody stole the fucking painted silver, fucking leather oh, bra no. thing on the. It looked like shit. Like we fucked it up. But uh, yeah, but that was my 15 minutes of having an Abu Starfighter car. 15 minutes like literally like i had it for a night and after that i just had a yellow bug but it was cool well you just go hang out with paley moto she'll hook you up (laughs) but uh, (laughs) come on someone's theme is poop like that i love that like that's just my wife would never let me have a poo poo car have you seen how twitter fired it's like it's like um pr staff so whenever you send an email to twitter pr it just sends you back a poop emoji right now that's what happens that's, really that's where they're at right now that's that's how well things are going over on twitter.com so yeah it's amazing but uh like, how Bingles... does it is does he really think he's gonna somehow make back 42 billion dollars with eight dollars a month plus ads like does he really no. think that's gonna <laughs> I, I, yeah somebody did the math on it it was like it was like 900 months or something before he makes the money back it was ridiculous yeah it's it basically he got himself a student <laughs> loan you yeah. know <laughs> that's basically it <laughs> good times um yeah well anyways i think we did it today rob i think we, we hit on it we hit on all, all the major star wars news we showed some star wars footage i did some star wars homework um we i did a little me, star wars <sighs> a little bit of yeah a little bit of that and like a Mm-hmm. A little bit, little bit of the of the McCollum, and uh, once again, I'll post the um, the uh, link right here to the Charmin Obeyed Chinoy documentary. If you want, it, if any of you want to check it out, there it is at the end of the show. So you could check it out yourself. And then, oh, Meg, you son of a! She said, "Jason, I'll be there for you," <laughs> and she did the hand claps from Friends. Jason. I, I'm 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 under a deadline, but I was going to mock up the cafe from Friends Central Pork and put Central Pork in. Yeah, like, well, that's good. It's gonna do it. I just didn't have the time. That's fine because I think they're all pigs, like those, like that army in Willow. No, 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 no. I, I would be like pigs, pigs. They're all pigs, but it's warm and fun. No, people like they don't want real comedy. They don't want real. They want action figure comedy. Come, come see friends. Hang out with us. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. Richie Warm says, hey, hey, Jason, Indy 5 is going to premiere at, at the Cannes Film Festival in May. What have you heard internally about the film? So I feel confident about it. Have you heard good things? So the only stuff that I, I have heard about it on that front are people who worked on it and from, from a couple of people who worked on it, and they're very happy with it. They're, they feel like they made a good Indiana Jones movie. It's like pretty much all I could tell you on that. So I'm confident in it. I think the people who aren't are mistaken probably. But who are knows? they in fear of man's gold? He's he's scary. Like, nah, I, I I got a feeling if he was if he was a shithead like that would be the uh, narrative. And like I said, the only people anybody ever says is a shithead is that Spider Man guy who, on Skeleton Crew. So you know, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if it if see, it's good. See, if it's good, I don't care. I mean, I, I I hope everybody gets treated fairly and stuff. But you know, if you got to be an asshole to make a good product um that's gonna stand the test of time then i'm like oh i guess you know 
you got sometimes that's how aliens too got made sometimes it, sometimes that's what it takes but i don't don't it's agree with this got made I don't like it it's not how it should be it doesn't have to be that way necessarily but if that's what it takes um it's how you know. titanic got made till he got late he got drugged with pcp yeah <laughs> that's crudit man i, I want to i wish i wish, i wonder if there's like a lot of video of that around somewhere like there like isn't that, but that that uh, podcast they were gonna put it yeah in the the documentary on titanic but fox trimmed it they cut it out i was gonna but, say um, like like that would be an awesome documentary just to like interview the podcast all the yeah the podcast blockbuster they did george lucas on their first season their second season was james james cameron which is much better by the way they just figured out the rhythm and then COVID hit and they went out of business but they they reenact that that whole sequence right that timeline like they go through it it's all voice acted the voice acting they got for cameron's crazy it sounds just like him but then in between the episodes they interviewed that the head of fox that the guy that that was in charge of that whole production at the time they interviewed the actual fox executive and he was like well i don't know if it was pc i don't like i mean you don't really yeah yeah it's funny watching him dodge that that one you could totally tell he's dodging it you know like the they don't want to bring it up, but it definitely happened. Nova Scotia was a cook in Nova Scotia that did it. Hmm. Oh, they actually caught the guy who did it. Yeah, yeah they got him. You know, hmm. but <laughs> um, and then Star Cameron Wars jumped, Santa jumped them off, and it's funny they they dumped them off in the sea, just like you know, without a lifeboat. You know, <laughs> uh, did, did, was it done with malicious intent, or was it done with like let's fucking party? Dumb other way, but I'm just curious. Did you know? Wait, what are you? Are you talking to me or Santa? I'm talking to you about the person who put oh. the PCP. Oh, sorry, in I the just Titanic. saw it. I thought we were reading Santa's thing. Yeah, we're, we're about to, but I had a I had a question that was on my okay. brain. Is okay. did the guy do it to be evil or did he do it to party? He did it to get to Cameron. He was being a dick, being evil. Okay, yeah, being evil. Um, it's it's stupid, horrible thing to do. Either way you cut it, but I was just curious. You know, if people's like, "Yeah, that'd be funny." If her brother Titanic was tripping, or if he was like, "I'm going to get you, Cameron. You will pay." All right, Star Wars Santa <laughs> says, "Jason, is it true that your job is a joke? You're broke, and your lo- love life is DOA." No, Me but either. that's exactly the yeah. kind of comments I get on the on in, in, on, on the show, like in, this, in the comments section. Is it sort of like you're always stuck in second gear? Yeah. God, that that song is so so shitty. It's yeah, unbelievable. Uh-huh. The fucking hand claps make me just want to punch stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. no, uh-huh. I don't have a problem. I, I like Weezer, man. You want to give me some? Ooh, I'm there, bud. It's the way it's done is just infuriating. <laughs> uh, Dale says, uh, "If you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life." But be broke, single, and people will laugh at you. Unless you're happy, nobody can say it's not a job. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's t- say that the minute you need health insurance, it doesn't charge <laughs> you a million dollars for some fucking, you know, me- stomach medication. I, I mean, <laughs> I say, you know what? You're probably going to end up on the Titanic doing PCP anyway. Who fucking cares, you know? But yeah, I know that's. They're 50% complete, but they've rebuilt the Titanic 50% Unreal 5. Like, uh-huh. you can watch the videos of it. It's pretty, it's pretty fucking accurate. They've done a really good job. So, like, I was watching there's this guy I follow, um, Max Miller, and uh-huh. he does, he cooks like historical recipes. And he was going through like first class, the first class menu on Titanic, like dated from April 11th, right? Yeah. 1912. And he remakes the food, you know, as best he can. And he goes through different stories on the Titanic. And, 
and you know he's showing photos from like where they would eat and i'm like oh i know that room and so that i brought it up in the unreal video i'm showing my wife i'm like here's what it looked like they did this crazy stuff man where they'd have like stained glass windows indoors but then they would put like a candle behind it so it would just like have a cool little like glow effect you know like like okay. it was really interesting like aesthetics you know yeah somewhere between ferals and old school wendy's right like <laughs> but with but with money like with club 33 money you know do you, re <laughs> do you remember when um wendy's had a salad bar but it also had spaghetti yes. with spaghetti yes. in it what the fuck yes. weird yeah. um yeah. nick says and when it hasn't been your day your week your month or even your year nick yeah, they no. did that because sizzler started no. started the pasta bar at their at yeah. their uh their salad bar so sizzler started the salad bar craze then everyone had to do a version then sizzler added the pasta bar section which actually was all themed it like you know it was like a, like something out of like a shop till you drop like you know game show thing where you go and have like hanging tomatoes and garlic and shit it was this whole little station i loved it when i was a kid they would never do this now it's too themed and then wendy's just had like a slop there's just there's just spaghetti slop like <laughs> it's like spaghetti in there and you and I and I remember as a kid I wasn't paying attention and I put like like uh, the cranberry you know the beets there the beets and I thought it was the spaghetti yeah. sauce and I was woefully uh, unimpressed when I ate beets and noodles like <laughs> and, and I'm gonna say Nick stop playing Battlefront get off Battlefront and get on Fortnite. Jeez, come on. Um, Dave says, friends are no friends of mine. <laughs> Dale says, the candle behind the stained glass was my idea. <laughs> and uh, Rick Jones yeah. says, friends is the whitest TV, is the whitest show TV can provide. And You um, haven't seen Saved by the Bell. <laughs> oh, no, Saved by the Bell is a great show. That show's uh, good. No, good. Goodbye, Miss Bliss was the great show. The season no, before stay by the it was yeah, called yeah, good no. morning miss bliss goodbye miss bliss is yeah. what they do to them well it was goodbye because they got fun. rid of her fucking ass that today they'd fucking be a school she's 41 in that trouble. show and she looks 60 like what did they drink back in the day like it was crazy it was a smoking. so you know what it was the smoking jo it had to be the smoking right jonathan brandis and urkel are like in the first episode like yeah they were they were there yeah as, as a kid though i kind of found her strangely strangely hot weird sure um, sure 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 so kid, so did like, the six-year-old in the class who says i like women with great legs remember like in the first episode it yeah. blew my mind when I was a kid i'm like you can't talk to your teacher that way <laughs> and she goes yeah. well i'm so happy you know like what is disney saying <laughs> yeah. there there was um there was also like another show that was like saved by the bell on at the time about these kids and they, they had like a band and uh, I can't remember what it was called. It was fucking awful, but I loved. It. I remember one of the first times I ever like made out with a girl. We were we were making out on this couch, and that show was on. And there's this part I like look up for a second at the TV, and and the guy goes, "Want a jam? No one in Nirvana." And then the other kid goes, "Never heard of them," and then starts shredding on the guitar. And I was just like, "What the fuck is that? That that's that's one of those things. California dreams, Junior Jangles, you're my guy. Junior Jangles always has Junior my Jangles back. Tried out for that show, Jason. That's why he knew it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he probably got like six. You know, he got stories about craft services and the producer trying to touch his Junior Jangles, right? <laughs> God, um, 
my 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 ex-girlfriend she worked at a, a movie theater out by the back to the future mall and um the the person she said that the person who played lisa turtle would like sneak into the movies all the time and just watch movies all day and she was like we had to kick lisa turtle out i was yeah, in movies a couple of times <laughs> a little weird i mean but uh and then all right we're, we're gonna go up to this one jake says the only memorable friends episode is the one where danny devito shows up as a stripper yeah i, I approve of that, that agree idea. to disagree <laughs> although it's in my top three but I, what I recommended on Star Wars and show is somebody made a video where they took out the, the, the laugh track and, and just show friends without the laugh track. And it's funnier. Way better. Every show's funnier with that. And I stand by that. Um, I really wish we could get like Adam's family and Munsters without those laugh tracks. I think those shows instantly go up. You but know, like... it shows David Schwimmer as a psychopath when you watch it without the laugh track. He's just like, unfortunately, that's the one where like, they really leaned on him being the fucking the, the, the yeah they they leaned on him being he wasn't he wasn't super psychotic and then he just went too far with that shtick you know whatever mm-hmm. no and and uh i hate friends i hate david schwimmer in friends but i thought he was yeah. excellent in band of brothers i kind of thought maybe he was going to have a bit of a more of a career after that but maybe he just said like and that movie with work. harrison ford and uh, ann hash remember Oh, that was was he in that? Yeah, he he was her husband. But that was that was before he learned how to act, right? That was like that was like early. That was that was before Friends, right? No, that's after Friends. It is after Friends, really? It's, yeah, it's like two thousand one. Uh, really? Yeah. Wait, yeah. That's wait, after okay. the beach? Because because I remember Harrison Ford, um, and yeah, okay, that was nineteen ninety eight. Sure. That's so after Friends. So, Friends started in 92. But it went into the 2000s. 90. But it's like during Friends. But fair enough. Six Days, Seven Nights, 1998. Six Days, Seven Nights, yeah. Yeah, I remember, remember there was an Inquirer article because I think Haish uh, came out as a gay woman at that time. And the, the all of the tablets were saying, Harrison Ford was saying, come out on your own time. I don't know if it was true, though. But don't do it I during our that. film's yeah. press. And I was wondering if that was true. That'd be shitty if it was, you know, hopefully it came around if that was the case and doesn't still think like that. But um, yeah, but that was, that was a tabloid story at the time. Probably bullshit though. Thinking about it, like in the big picture, because he seems uh, anyways, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, tomorrow we're, we'll, we'll do an earlier show because uh, the kids get out early tomorrow and Mando's tonight at midnight. So gonna, we'll do a show, a Mando, Hey. Mando mornings. <laughs> Mando mornings. Yeah. Yeah, we're no, not we're doing not that middle of the night. Also, April 1st, April Fed's Day. Don't forget. Oh, no. April Fed's Day. Yeah. <laughs> April Fed's Day. <laughs> starting that. That sounds we're starting like that. A... First day, April Fed's Day, April 1st. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like it's one of those Instagram channels of a girl with a Boba Fett helmet in her underwear. April Fett's at yes. Instagram is probably yes. that. But right, anyways, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll see everybody. Hold Thank on. You for being... I want to address oh. this really quick in three seconds. I said the book of Boba Fett should have been Boba Fett as John Wick. I've been saying this since day one. They should get the John Wick dudes and just make a straight action. They Ray killed John Wick style. Wait, whatever. Just him on revenge to take over the planet. Just one yeah. long, super fucking cool looking fight thing. Stop adding all this stupid mythological bullshit. 
Godfather nonsense into this. So there you go. Yeah, I, I, I say go back I and say watch the Book of Boba Fett episode. Book of Boba Fett season two. I say you, you murder the whole the whole hut house family and yes. then let him let him go and then him there. get his revenge. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Right yeah do that. Kill them all off. Solve all the problems. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the we're end, all, we're all uh, rooting. We're all they 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 kill the Vespas the way the way uh, Brad Pitt does the Manson kids, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we're all rooting. Yeah. Yeah, and and I would also have, have shot a scene where he collects some of uh, Flash Dance's blood, and then he has her cloned, and he gets like makes a clone of her, and he's like, "You're now Mrs. Her back. but it's yeah. just the boobs. <laughs> just clone the boobs. This is clone the like, boobs. It's like always on April Fifth's day. Do I clone <laughs> the boobs? Stupid, stupid. All right, guys, uh, enjoy. I hope everybody enjoys Mandalorian tonight, and uh, and we'll talk about it tomorrow it's morning. Up. All right. I'll see you. I'll see yeah. you guys. April 5th.